This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them. You're listening to Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio, I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD! Hey, Bo, good afternoon, dude. What's going on? Man, good afternoon to you too, sir. I not not a whole lot. You know, we got uh, we got some beautiful weather. We dodged Laurel by a or Lauren, Laura, 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 by, <laughs> by a hair, man. You know how I remember it was Hurricane Laura. How's that? It is is that is that one of my former relationships? Was oh my, a Laura. <laughs> and now that I just let that out of my mouth, I really hope she does not in any way, shape, or form listen to this podcast. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'm not name-dropping any exes on this one, man. That's hilarious. No, no, yeah, you, man, dodged a bullet, yeah. And, it, um, you know, I know it, it kind of, uh, you know, it hit did, that yeah. St. Lake Charles area there, uh, kind of around Orange, Texas, on the border there between uh, Louisiana and Texas. But, uh, man, glad glad y'all came out okay. So Yeah, we, it, was a, it was a real blessing for us here, but you're right. I mean, uh, definitely some, some pretty severe devastation just – uh, right down the road, but what was wild was just waking up the next morning to a dry back patio. Like we were, we were yeah. ready, man. We had cousins came to stay with us overnight, even like we were, we were ready for the worst. And yeah, um, yeah. yeah, we we got the absolute best case scenario. So very, very blessed to have the home intact. Uh, and in the midst of everything else that's going on, how about you, brother? How you doing, man? Yeah, doing great. Hey, um, signed a contract on a new house, man. We're moving. You, what? Um, oh, yeah, dude, dude! Congratulations! I'm really excited. Yeah, staying, uh, staying in our goofy, uh, historic neighborhood that we live in, and and you know it's funny. I've been complaining about how much it takes to keep up this uh, ninety-year-old house that I live in. So, so we're obviously fix. We're remedying that by moving into a ninety-three-year-old house. Of course, yeah. That's that's what you do. That's because the- <laughs> because that's what you do. But uh, no, this new house is actually in in much better shape and a little, little larger for um, you know now that we have a little one and um you know more stuff to store and all that kind of stuff so we're we're excited yeah it should be should be a lot of fun but yeah man moving to the other side of the neighborhood will be um kind of over by that cool bed and breakfast that's in our uh neighborhood so we'll be able to walk to have a uh, little cocktail maybe occasionally at night if we can find a babysitter and all that stuff but uh yeah man should be should be fun so we're excited so it's gonna be tough to to leave our house uh you know just so many good memories there and um Lots of uh, pipe smoking on the front porch and, uh, you know, those uh, just precious conversations with dear friends over a good pipe and, uh, you know, a, a, either a cool gin and tonic or a nice, uh, nice whiskey. So, um, yeah, it's going to be going to be hard to leave. We're, we're fired up about getting a stay in the neighborhood. So, you know, be good, man. I, I kind of feel like the, the old house needs to, like, get the Eudora Welty treatment, man, and be like a uh, you know a historical <laughs> stop for people to come and smoke their pipes on that front porch. A lot of, yeah. a lot of soul searching has been done on that, fo- that front yeah, porch. It, you know, it's true. I don't think the whoever the new owner is of our existing house, I don't think we'll uh will be uh particularly pleased with that. But <laughs> <laughs> No, that's true. <laughs> Just like wake up and there's some like hairy dude from out of town sitting on your front porch smoking Latakia, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> Actually that would that would probably happen in Bellhaven neighborhood anyway. I think yeah, that, I mean, that, that sounds, sounds like a like a typical thing that would happen in our neighborhood. Hundred so. percent. Exactly. Exactly. Well, congratulations, man. That's uh that's that's huge news and uh uh, so excited for you. We're excited. Yeah. Other than that, not a whole lot going on. Just, uh, you know, regular uh, kind of week around the shop. I, I think I, you know, had mentioned we're, um, you know, seeing a lot of pipe smoking pick up, even though it's, uh, you know, a little earlier than normal. Uh, you know, just even with the sweltering heat and all this kind of stuff, we're, uh, you know, just having a lot of fun around here uh, slinging some tobacco, man. So it's been good. 
That's awesome, bro. Look, I, I, I gotta, I feel like I need to apologize here at the top of the show. Cause last week I had mentioned, you know, that I'm, I, I'm, I'm behind and I'm going to get caught up and you know what I'm, what I'm going to do is while the kid is in kindergarten, I'm going to be right there on the computer getting caught up on this. And, uh, I got to tell y'all, this has been one of the most stressful times <laughs> trying to figure yeah. out how to get everything done, uh, yeah. when there's literally no time in the schedule which is an odd problem to have. And, and I know it's, it's weird to complain about that, especially when people have found themselves with more time than ever, uh, which is stressing them out for a whole different reason. But yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So it is, it's, it's hard to complain, but at the same time it is, it's just, it's been, it's been rough on trying to figure out how to get everything done. But that being said, uh, I promise the site will be updated. We've actually got some <laughs> new patrons that sh- we should be mentioning this week, but I haven't been able to get caught up there. So one way or the other, I promise that eventually I will get yeah. caught up and uh, we will, we will give y'all all the, the high praise that y'all extremely deserve because of course we would not be making this podcast without y'all support. And I'm talking about the folks and uh, the country square radio international pipe club and our patrons over to patreon.com slash country square radio. Uh, if you too would like to be frustrated with me for not having yet added your name <laughs> to the list, <laughs> then you can become a patron as well as patreon.com slash country square radio. How about that? That's we camaraderie. Support, we need a support <laughs> group. Yeah. No, you know what? I, I, I don't know. It's, it's good. You feel you're just part of the part of the group. You know, it's part of our common bond. We uh, we all get neglected by Bo. But yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, I, I, you I can't enter out of love anything. and you stay because of hate or something like that. I can't, no, I, <laughs> that's pitiful. I can't say anything because of uh, all my, my own delinquency, my famous, uh, very, very famous, uh, well uh, storied, um, you know, neglect of my email account and oh gosh, uh, yeah. terrible ability to get back to folks on uh, things like phone calls and messages. So, uh, dude, we've all got our little quirks, you know. And uh, you're doing, you're doing great. I know you're under the gun right now. So, um, man, just, um, just, just keep it up, man. Keep looking up and uh, don't, don't, don't drink too much. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is the trick to be sure, to be sure. Well, man, you know, I'm really excited because uh, we have got a a fun episode. Uh, this week, and you know, it's it's interesting because you know, uh, when uh, you know, when when kind of the everything started, I think I mentioned this a while back. I I started doing this kind of a uh, uh, kind of almost like a therapeutic way of staying in touch with people, where um, you know, my kids had been gotten into Minecraft, and so I started kind of a Minecraft server with a couple of friends, and and we kind of see each other on that thing, and you know, for the. <laughs> I guess a couple of weeks ago, I was able to play that. Lately, I don't feel like I've been able to, to enjoy even that therapy. <laughs> but the point is that uh, one of the things that I have found a lot of times when it comes to video games, especially video games that are kind of open sandbox, uh, is there's kind of this question after a while, you're like, man, you know, how do I, how do I keep engaged? How do I, I stay interested in this, this thing, this hobby that I've gotten into? And literally just the other day, um, as I was, I was sitting down, I was trying to get some editing work done and I was going to try to get some Minecraft playing in the background and and just couldn't bring myself to it because I was so exhausted. I thought, man, you know, I wonder if if other hobbies have the same kind of situation where it's like, okay, I'm really into this, but I've been into this for a while, and and how do I really motivate myself? Like, what what kind of keeps me engaged in this hobby during some lull times? And is that even a thing in the pipe community? Well, to some extent, that's going to bring us to today's topic. And I love this because you were without us talking about this at all. This was on my mind, and yet 
you hit me with this topic this week, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's uh, great minds thinking alike right there. <laughs> Man, and the topic is, I'm bored with my pipe. What do I do? <laughs> oh, Ooh. You know, and, and um, you know, it, it's funny. It, we, we actually see this uh, a, a good bit. It's one of those things where you've been into the hobby a lot, and, you know, you've gotten all the little, uh, you know, w- widgets and knickknacks, and you've tried a host of different tobaccos, and, uh, you know, you just kind of get bored with it. Or, or maybe, you know, you have trouble kind of motivating yourself to, to continue to uh, to power through, or uh, you know, to to find new and interesting uh, things about it to enjoy, and so um, yeah, we you know we thought we'd just kind of talk about that a little bit. It's it's part of the thing, uh, you know. As a tobacconist, someone that works in a, a brick and mortar environment, uh, we have folks regularly that come in and either it, it, what what they'll do is they'll either switch to a cigar because they'll be like, hey, you know, I'm just not, not really feeling my pipe recently, or what they'll do is they'll uh, these are people I've never seen before, and they'll come in and they say, you know, I I, I gave up my pipe years and years ago because I just kind of got tired of it. I, I, I got tired of it. It's not something I wanted to do anymore. Um, but, you know, recently I thought about picking it back up and, uh, you know, trying it again and just seeing, you know, kind of what's out there and all this type of thing. And so, you know, we, we thought we'd unpack that a little bit. Like, you know, what what is it that, you know, years ago, um, you know, for these people that are coming back in trying to revisit the pipe, what, you know, what, what uh, kind of led them down the path to set it down for a while to begin with? You know, how did that, how did that start? And, you know, maybe what are some things if you're, you know, kind of finding yourself like, uh, you know, um, scratching your beard thinking, well, I don't, I don't know what to smoke next or, or whatever. How do you, um, you know, how do you navigate that, right? <laughs> yeah. I feel like we've all been through that. Have, have you been through that with your pipe before, Bo? Oh, sure. Absolutely. And, you know, for me, pipe smoking is so tied to community. You know, like there's always yeah. like I it's hard for me even right now to be able to fully enjoy my pipe just sitting by myself with my pipe. I've had a, you know, it, there almost has to be something else that represents community, like sitting around a fire pit or, you know, whatever the the situation may be, maybe fishing. Um but like for the most part I tend to really enjoy my pipe the most when I'm sitting down with a friend or sitting down with, you know, the pipe club or or a group of friends catching up with family. Like to me, they're almost one and the same, which especially in this season right now where that is such a rarity. Yeah, man, this this is I'm, I'm looking forward to this episode a lot. <laughs> well, you know, like I said, people, you know, do get to the point where they um, don't enjoy it like they used to or maybe the tobacco kind of starts to all taste the same or, you know, they've moved on to other hobbies, whether it's, you know, uh, you know, uh, cigars or, uh, you know, a, a bourbon tasting or, you know, collecting Pokemon or whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. And so, um, yeah, you know, just something kind of fascinating to, to, uh, to explore a little bit. Um, you know, I, I will say there's an appropriate amount of shame that, that, you know, belongs in this conversation because th- this is not the pipes problem. This is your problem. <laughs> I'm going to be a really, uh, like that Bob Newhart therapist on Saturday Night Live years ago. That's just like, just stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Just, you know, I'm not going to be particularly supportive, at least for a moment, because the pipe has so much to offer. And, you know, occasionally we do kind of neglect, you know, large facets of it. So, oh, wait, now hang on just a second, because something you just said made me realize, like, really frame this up in a whole different way. Yeah. I mean, you yourself are a therapist. You're a trained therapist. I'm it's, not. I, I'm I'm a I'm a seminary dropout. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's but be you very had clear. you had the training. If you had just stuck around for like a couple more years and paid a, you know some more money, then you would you'd, you'd have the credentials. 
So you're you're uh, you're you're a you're a street uh, street level uh, therapist from that standpoint. Street level therapist. <laughs> Absolutely, you got you got the chops from that standpoint. And so this is it. And uh, you know we have let's say a listener uh, who who and and their pipe who have been in relationship for quite some time and have lately uh, the spark has been gone. Uh, so so can you? I guess this is the question though, because obviously you have a uh, a friendship with the pipe. Uh, you you know the pipe quite well. Uh, is it possible for you to even enter into this as a neutral therapist? You know what I mean. Like I'm I'm kind of curious based off of that. Yeah, and and part of the reason you know that I you know am not a trained therapist and 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 you know would not be a good therapist is because I I am shaming you right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm uh, you know I'm dishing out shame. The pipe is not the issue, right? It's there's so much the pipe has to offer. Uh, it it is versatile and dynamic and offers a a variety and a and a mystery about itself that you can explore and and so um so so I I, I do think that hey you know just let's try some something else let's try something different let's explore a new uh, you know i'm having fun with the shame element but at the same time like man the the pipe has so many different facets that we can explore and so um you know let's 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 dig into some of those things um yeah i, I think they're there again i would make a terrible therapist i am a what do they call it a, <laughs> um a, like an armchair therapist or a something crazy like that. person <laughs> oh yes yes an armchair therapist That's right right um first first kind of thing you know a lot of these are going to be things you could probably come up with on the top of your head but um you know folks you know if you're not specifically thinking about it or you are finding yourself uh, a little frustrated with your pipe or maybe not as drawn to it or something like that uh you know even though these sound kind of obvious they may not have been something that you uh, would consider, um, you know, primarily just because you haven't given a lot of thought to it. So um, the first one is uh, try a different style of pipe. Uh, you know, it, it, we all get stuck in in a rut when it comes to this uh, pipe shape, a pipe uh, size, a, um, you know, a, d- dimensions and things of that nature. You know, it can be really easy to kind of get stuck there. I- I'm embarrassed when people look at my pipe collection because it's just a bunch of straight billiards. <laughs> you know, there's just not a whole lot of variety that's there, but I have a love and a passion for this shape. And so, um, you know, it's one of those things where you, you start to equate pipe smoking with only that type of pipe, only that type of uh, experience. And, and it's so one-dimensional to lock yourself into that thing. You know, you want to you want to uh, give yourself the opportunity to explore uh, all the different you know types of uh, pipe designs that are out there. Um, you know, we, we think about you know the the different variables that are are you know kind of at work. Is it a smooth pipe or a rusticated pipe? Well, you know, if you're if you've been smoking smooth pipes. You may in the past have appreciated the, uh, you know, the the ability to look at the grain and see, uh, you know, where it came from in the block of briar and appreciate maybe the bird's eye or the cross grain or something of that nature. But what about a rustic or a sandblasted pipe that, um, you know, all of a sudden that texture uh, that comes alive in your hand and starts to uh, become a part of the smoking experience in itself, right? Um, you know, something of that nature. Or if you're a rusticated pipe smoker. And you think, uh, well, you know, I, you know, a smooth pipe has just never really appealed to me. But the same kind of thing uh, also applies. Um, the the type of uh, stem that your pipe has is it a bent pipe or a straight pipe? Um, 
Again, I'm a straight pipe smoker. I'm unrepentant of that. I love straight pipes. They, I think they tend to smoke a little drier and a little cooler. Uh, you know, they fit my form well and just, you know, go with kind of my personality, I guess. But, um, you know, but if you're, if you're wanting to mix it up, that a pipe that's in the shape that, uh, that you don't necessarily pull for on the first, uh, the first go, you know, a, a bent pipe that might hang a little easier in your mouth, that might uh, let the smoke uh, interact with your nose a little uh, more re- intimately. Um, you know, the same thing if you're a if you're a bent pipe smoker and you want to uh, maybe try a straight pipe out in order to see, um, you know, how it does affect the flavor and the uh, the coolness of it, the ease of cleaning the pipe and um, and that type of thing. Other things too. You know, is the pipe a small bowl or a large bowl? A lot of folks start to equate pipe smoking with a specific bowl size. You know, well, I only smoke a pipe if I'm on my porch and, you know, I um, have a whole lot of time. And so they tend to be large bowls and, and that kind of thing. Well, you know, if you find yourself with not a lot of free time anymore, uh, but you still want to smoke your pipe, that those large bowls, you know, you're not going to equate it as much with uh, spending a lot of time, you know, on the porch with your friends. Uh, it might be time to to try a smaller pipe, to, um, you know, explore, you know, using one of those more petite size bowls that uh, might give you a quality smoking experience in a five-minute time frame or a, um, you know, 10, 15-minute time frame, whether it be uh, maybe on your way to work in the morning or on your way home at night, uh, a quick, you know, dessert uh, smoke after your lunch break uh, on your way back to the office or, um, you know, or in between meetings or something of that nature. Um, You know, there's opportunity to explore or, uh, you know, different uh, pipe smoking experiences just by changing up the um, the style of pipe that you're smoking. Even long stems and short stem pipes. You know, a lot of us have uh, a thing against, uh, you know, the uh, church warden pipes. We, you know, think of them as kind of, uh, you know, outlandish or, you know, ostentatious. And uh, we think, well, you know, I, I don't, you know, want to draw a lot of attention to myself smoking a pipe. But the, the fact of the matter is they do tend to smoke differently. And so, uh, you know, giving yourself the opportunity to try uh, something like that that's just going to mix it up um, I think uh, I think has some has some benefit to it one, one more thing I'll mention kind of along these lines a thing that has helped a lot of people that kind of surprises me uh, to be honest when they want to get deeper into their pipe smoking is in, and again this kind of surprises me that this is as much of a factor as it as it has become for people but trying a pipe if you're if you're a pipe smoker that does not like a filter, Try a pipe that has a filter, and and if you're a pipe smoker that you know that uses a filter, try a pipe that doesn't use a filter. Make that switch. See what that's about, and how that affects the things like the flavor and the moisture and the um, you know the ability to keep it lit and uh, the sensation on your tongue and 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 the you know all the all these uh, variables. I think I think it'll be worth your time uh, to experiment with that. Uh, I, I've been really interested to see uh, the folks that don't smoke filtered pipes that have taken up maybe their first filtered pipe. Maybe it's that nine millimeter charcoal filter you'll find in some, uh, you know, a Vowen or a Stanwell or a, you know, a European style uh, filter, or maybe it's a, maybe it's a six millimeter, um, you know, Savinelli that uses the balsa system, or uh, maybe it's the Brigham pipe that has the rock maple system. Uh, you know, try these things out, see how they affect it, because I, I guarantee you, if you've gotten into the 
uh, pipe smoking rhythm enough to appreciate nuance and, um, you know, uh, very uh, delicate changes in flavor and experience. Uh, these are these these things are going to affect you over time. So 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 try a different state style of pipe and, uh, and try a different shape. Interesting. Now, that's a you know, there's obviously a cost that comes with that. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure. But I mean, like, so let me ask you this. I mean, uh, hmm, how do I say this? Because that's, that's, that's great advice. That's excellent advice. But because there is a investment that goes into that, how do you even like choose which direction you want to go? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. cause it, well, like, as yeah, you I'm, point out, like it's a, it's a vast soiree of options that are available to you. Yeah. No, that's fair. That that's that's fair. I you know, I think you have to do research, but uh and kind of, you know, profile your uh you know, what your smoking selection already exists of. What, you know, when you think right now of of reaching for a pipe to smoke and and your gut reaction is, okay, this pipe, this kind of tobacco, this this environment, this smoking experience. What does that look like? And then find something different from that. You know, I I equate it to, you know, you talk about the investment of it. Like, you know, how many times have I motivated myself to get back into like jogging or working out? And in order in order to do that, I've bought myself like a snazzy new pair of running shoes, you know, <laughs> or like, you know, hey, I'm a I'm gonna start lifting weights again. Ha ha. That's happened like three times in my life, all of which have never gone very well. But, <laughs> you know, in order to you know motivate myself to do this, I, you know, I'm gonna buy me some new Bluetooth headphones or something to uh, make my time at the gym or, you know, maybe on the treadmill a little more uh, enjoyable, you know. And so so there's other, um, you know, uh, uh, similarities, I guess, to other, uh, other, you know, kind of, uh, hobbies, if you will, that, um, you know, you're trying to motivate yourself for. You know, that's, that's a good, that's a good comparison too. I was, I was just, you know, it's one of those things I, I think about cause you know, we've got so many different folks that listen to the show and some, you know, some folks are kind of like us in, in the sense that we're a little, you know, quote unquote spoiled or perhaps, you know, a little bit more deeper in depth. <laughs> Than, than other folks. Right. Because if it's like, oh, reach for a different style, like, you know, you and I can open up our individual sellers, you obviously far more than I, and then have like, like pretty much every potential shape fathomable and some even unfathomable that we can easily <laughs> kind of go to. Um, and so I just know for those newer pipe smokers, but even that, even that kind of, you know, the excitement of kind of window shopping to some extent and looking for those different yeah. styles to try. Uh, that could definitely be, uh, yeah, something that kind of re- re- rekindles that fire, so to speak. I think that's a good point. Yeah, the the excitement of, uh, you know, progressing in itself, you know, just kind of trying that new thing. Another aspect of this that you might give a shot to is trying a new method, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, packing your pipe in a different way. Uh, we have the traditional kind of uh, three-pinch uh, pack method that I, you know, have always used. But, you know, there's other methods out there that folks have, uh, have really sworn by. If you Google the uh, frank packing method. You can watch videos, uh, you know, uh, ad nauseum about, you know, how folks will kind of, uh, you know, work the tobacco slowly into these, uh, into the bowl, kind of pushing it towards the sides. And um, there's a cannonball method, which, uh, you know, kind of allows uh, tobacco to, to sit up a little bit and, you know, with, with a void uh, beneath the tobacco in order to 
um, you know, provide a little more airy experience that gives the tobacco just that much more room to breathe and be tamped. You know, maybe a different method is something as simple as, uh, you know, if you've been a clincher in the past, trying to hold your pipes, trying to find a larger pipe that maybe uh, forces you to hold it, or, uh, you know, or, or maybe if you've been a holder, try to find pipes that uh, have been, uh, you know, are, are more prone to clinching, something smaller and lighter and easier on your teeth or or, uh, or gums. And your, um, you know, the lighting method as well, uh, you know, have you always been a match guy? Uh, might it be time to, you know, maybe try a nice butane lighter that comes out at an angle that's going to uh, help you, you know, not fumble as much with your matches? A lot of folks, I do think, give up the pipe because they get frustrated with all the tediousness, you know, and, and for some of us, that's the fun, right, is all the tediousness of the pipe. It's the ritual of it and, and all that. Two, a lot of folks, they're just like, well, I just can't, you know, sit there, pack it, light it up, and enjoy it. And and there are ways to enjoy your pipe like that. And I think a big part of it is finding the right pipe lighter. Uh, and so if matches have become just this kind of cumbersome uh, thing to muddle through for you that you uh, struggle with, or the reason you don't smoke your pipe on the go, uh, because it's hard to use a match, say, in your car <laughs> mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, something like that or underneath a fan when you're on your porch or, or things of that nature, um, you know, mixing it up with a lighter. Uh, if you've used a lighter and you're, uh, you know, kind of getting bored with the taste, maybe the lighting process has gotten too hot for you, uh, maybe uh, you're, you know, wanting a better lighting experience so you don't have to relight your pipe as much, a match might be a really uh, good thing for you to try to, to you know, throw a kink in there and just see kind of what what happens. Um, another thing too that folks uh, might do is try um, you know lighting your pipe in a different not just with a different source but also with a different method. Uh, you know if you've never used a false light before um, where you're kind of using that uh, charring light to toast the top of your pipe uh, to get it nice and um, you know ready to be lit uh, deeply uh, you might try that. Uh, and you know if you're a quick pipe you know puffer and, and puff your pipe very fast you might uh, might try to slow down some and see if that helps with things like flavor and you know, flavor profile and temperature and uh, and things of that nature helps you with tongue bite and also um, you know getting more nuance out of the out of the the taste of your pipe. Yeah, so just just some options on trying a new method as well. A new venue is always something worth looking into. So mm. let's say you've gotten into a rut of uh, you know the only place I smoke my pipe is on my porch uh, or you know uh, with certain people in certain you know specific situations. Uh, kind of like what you were mentioning, Bo. And it's like, well, you know, if you lock yourself into that, but then all of a sudden, uh, you know, all it does is rain, <laughs> or right. you know, it's the wrong time of year to be outside, or maybe or the wrong uh, time of year to be alive. The wrong, the wrong, wrong year, year to be year alive, to be alive. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just make this one go away? Uh, you know, all, all these things that they present, uh, before you know it, you might realize, man, not only am I not spending time on my porch, but I'm also not uh, spending time smoking my pipe. And, then, you know, you, you kind of get lose it without even know you're losing it. It's kind of kind of an interesting dynamic that can happen there. And so, um, you know, try other things to smoke your pipe if you're going on a walk. Um, you know, if you can find a tobacco that leaves a really nice uh, residual note, maybe try it in your car while you're driving. This is uh, easier if you have leather seats and your spouse doesn't mind and, you know, some of these kind of things. But, <laughs> um, 
you know, but give that a shot. Uh, you know, if, if fishing, for instance, Bo, you uh, take that up occasionally, you know, if that's something that you can get into or uh, something like woodworking, uh, you know, these are good things to do while you're uh, smoking your pipe to, to enjoy them. And it might make the process even that much more meaningful for you uh, in both aspects. It might even make a chore um, that is not particularly fun. It might make it more fun because you're smoking your pipe. Uh, you know, when I do yard work, I really like to smoke my pipe because it takes kind of the um, the rough edges of, of the labor, uh, you know, off. It smooths them down a little bit. Well, I, you know, I hate that I have to do this particular uh, task, you know, but boy, at least the tobacco tastes good, you know. <laughs> so, you know, there's something to be said about the, the venue there. So this is interesting. Yeah, the venue, the venue is interesting and it is a unique challenge in, in the modern context. I will say, and I think I've mentioned this before, like earlier on the show. So when we moved to the new house, one of the things that I've loved about the new house is that uh, we've got a pool. And uh, not only yeah. do we have a pool, we got a hot tub. And the concept of smoking a pipe in a hot tub is <laughs> the, 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 not the concept. The the uh, the practice, the experience is pretty uh, pretty amazing. Like there, <laughs> it's a new level of like baller when you're like you know rocking in the hot tub. You got your pipe. You got a little bit of brandy right there. Uh, you know, I just think it's funny that like, yeah, you have a hot tub, but you're also in Houston, Texas. Like, what do you use it like one week of the year in no, early man. February? In the evenings, <laughs> fall evenings are like fantastic in the hot tub, okay, especially like great. during the, you know, whatever this constitutes as winter down here. Like it's great because right. you can still, uh, <laughs> you can still rock out in the hot tub in the winter. You get the fire pit going, get the, uh, get the, uh, the pipe, pipe blazing, man, that's, uh. That's yeah, good that w- stuff. That was a new experience for me this this last past year when it was cold. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to once the cold weather comes uh, comes again for sure. That's good stuff. <laughs> no, I think I think that is fair, you know, finding that new uh, environment for you. And we've done so many studies on Country Squire Radio about um, that sense of place, you know, where is uh where's your pipe smoking place or your chair or your uh, the the you know uh, the perfect room in your mind that uh, you know is it the study or the man cave or you know with what type of people or environment, you know, something to explore there I think to enjoy, uh, enjoy your pipe maybe more. Also, uh, trying a new beverage while smoking your pipe. Uh, you know, this is something that, you know, folks really tie a lot of their pipe smoking with, like you mentioned, Bo, either the people they're around or something else they're consuming. You know, whether it, uh, not, not just necessarily a, uh, a beverage or a food, but something like um, you know, even a, uh, you know, if you're reading or something like that, all these things go into the experience of smoking a pipe. So, you know, a lot of folks do, though, they, they think of the beverage that they're uh, drinking while they're smoking their pipe. Uh, what is kind of your go-to for that? A lot of us, uh, you know, our first, if we, if we do imbibe and, um, you know, libations of, of such, a lot of folks, the first thing they think of is whiskey, but, um, you know, or, or maybe a nice, uh, rich coffee that you're, you know, have grown fond of but uh but what about some other things that maybe we've talked about on the show or maybe we haven't you know wine uh beer tea uh are there other things that might be uh you know more uh, refreshing I, this particular drink i've uh, had quite a bit of this uh this summer 
I'm, I've never been much of a vodka drinker, but this uh, friend of mine introduced me to a vodka lemonade kind of uh, cocktail uh, that he put together, and it's been very, very refreshing and tasty. And so uh, just mixing with a light, uh, you know, lightly topped Virginia tobacco with, uh, you know, just a little bit of uh, sweetness to keep it interesting on those hot summer nights with a really nice, uh, you know, uh, lemonade vodka drink under the fan. It's been fun. You know, it's been something that I haven't really done before, and it's uh, it's been really, really pleasing. So, um, you know, maybe maybe trying that new uh, drink that you're um, that that you haven't uh, haven't experienced before. Uh, sparkling water obviously is very popular nowadays with the um, you know all the different varieties that are there. Um, you know, things like uh, red and white wine, you know, if you've never been much of a uh, wine drinker, maybe uh, go into one of your uh, local package stores there and have uh, someone that's trained kind of recommend you a variety of inexpensive wines that you might be able to dabble in while you're smoking your pipe. Uh, and don't pigeonhole yourself. You might think, well, only red wine goes with pipes. Nah, try Chardonnay. Try a try a Sauvignon Blanc. You know, maybe if you want something sweeter, maybe uh, pull for a Riesling or something. But um, you know, there's a lot of uh, uh, a lot of different options there that I think can enhance the experience uh, of smoking your pipe. We always think of that, you know, pipe smoking, um, you know, belonging in certain kind of environments, and and the goal here is to mix it up. You know, let's let's change it up. Let's change the environment. Let's change the companions. Let's change the pipe itself, and all those kind of things. Finally, uh, the thing that might be the most obvious through all this is to change the tobacco. Try a new tobacco. Um, you know, this is this is the most obvious uh, thing that you might think of. Well, the answer lies wholly in the, in the type of tobacco you're smoking, and is it the right experience for you and all that. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, I think that's true and, and good to say it probably is the most important thing, but I would not discount all the things we've talked about before. The, um, the packing method, the, uh, whether you're using lighters or, or matches, you're clenching or carrying your pipe, uh, the venue we're talking about, beverages that you might pair, you know, or, or the type of pipe itself, whether you're used to smoking small pipes and you uh, decide for once to pull for that really large golf club pipe, you know, <laughs> smoking a briar versus a meerschaum or or whatever it might be, um, you know, it, but yes, uh, coming down to a different type of tobacco uh, can be really, um, really, it can push the envelope. It can really kind of, uh, you know, force you to, to expand your palate and uh, to appreciate things maybe you've never tried before. Um, we've talked about in the past, Bo, I, I can't remember the context, but if your palate gets kind of stale, you can smoke something very, very different uh, kind of to almost to reset your palate, almost like to kind of give yourself a new baseline uh, for what you're smoking. You know, I do that occasionally if I just want to kind of kind of almost shock my palate. I think that's the word I've even used before: shock my palate back into uh, maybe a sensitivity or something. Uh, smoking a straight bowl of Perique or uh, Latakia or, or some Oriental that I found interesting. If you do that, it's kind of taking uh, your 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 palate and it's forcing it to deal with flavor uh, that maybe it's not used to. And so um, if you do that, if you'll go down that trail for a while, a lot of times what happens is when you go back to 
uh, the tobacco that you used to smoke or that you're used to smoking, um, you know, you'll pick up new, you know, nuances and, and, and flavors and, and characteristics that you hadn't picked up before. Wow, you know, this, this tobacco, it's, it's more tart than I remember it being. Or, you know, this, this really, uh, it has the same flavor it's always had, but I never really understood how cool it smoked or how slow it burned or something of that nature. Um, you know, so pushing the envelope, trying these different tobaccos, um, we do obviously have the, uh, you know, the very uh, simple, um, you know, fixes. Like if you're an English blend smoker, uh, maybe try and, uh, you know, a Virginia or a Perique, uh, you know, forward blend. If you're an aromatic smoker, maybe uh, experiment with a mild English or, or something of that nature. So, you know, if you're a, if you are an English blend smoker, this might be difficult for you because it's like, um, you people that drink really fancy beers, you know, it's like, well, you know, if I drink, if I drink this craft, you know, IPA, that's made by, that's made by some, you know, like Dutch, you know, uh, extinct monks or something, I'm not going to drink a Miller High Life, you know? <laughs> see, I, see, I knew you were about to do this. Look, 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 man. Just the fact that like literally anybody that drinks anything that looks at Miller High Life as, as a, the appropriate trash that it is uh, right. like you consider <laughs> them to be a hoity-toity it's like no man like you don't like you don't have to know bad beer and just to say that this is all like oh i only drink the richest of ipas <laughs> that are, you know like like no man come on come on that's fair you're that's just fair. you're just I, defensive <laughs> but just i know i i just have a, a chip on my shoulder and i'm thin-skinned no but you know but there is something to be said for that just trying something that's uh you know, maybe unexpected or something just to just to mix it up, I think is, uh, you know, has a lot of wisdom there. Aromatic smokers tend to struggle with this uh, the most. And, and, and I see this very regularly, uh, you know, just on my side of the counter. For some reason, aromatic smokers, uh, of, of all the struggle, you know, folks getting bored with their pipe, tempted to put it down, tempted to, you know, try other um, other tobaccos out there. Now, you, uh, again, if you've listened to this podcast for a long time, you know we are not shy about defending aromatics. We even had an episode on it a few weeks ago. <laughs> so we love aromatics. We encourage aromatics. We think aromatics are, are awesome. But I will say, you know, on this side of the counter, I do see more people that smoke aromatics tend to struggle with uh, kind of a boredom with their pipe, uh, kind of a... Um, you know, well, I'm just kind of getting tired of it. I'm not really feeling a lot of, uh, you know, interesting, um, you know, um, uh, experience here while I'm smoking. And so, uh, you know, I, I think there's a variety of reasons for that. I think aromatics, um, you know, it, it kind of after a while, if you get into a rut, they can kind of all taste the same perhaps. Or if you tend to smoke them too fast, uh, they can kind of just taste like a, a sweet heat that, uh, that uh, you know, hits your tongue uh, just the same over and over. And so I, I don't know. I mean, there's some, I'd love to hear folks, uh, you know, um, the take on why folks get bored with the, with the tobaccos that they do. But, um, but for aromatic smokers, I will recommend just a few, um, things that you might want to try in the tobacco realm. Um, uh, Cornell Deal makes a tobacco, Cross-Eyed Cricket, uh, awesome tobacco, very interesting. It's got this uh, kind of fusion of uh, aromatic and non-aromatic elements. Um, a couple of tobacco, or one tobacco we've talked about before on the show, uh, Two Friends English Chocolate, something that uh, is going to have that nice, robust, uh, leathery Latakia topped with just a little cocoa to make it uh, make it interesting. Use, use a tobacco such as these to kind of uh, shock your palate into something a little more interesting. 
interesting, a little more, um, you know, uh, complex or different, uh, just throw a curveball in there and see what happens. Uh, another one folks love and uh, have um, you know, smoked for decades, uh, Lane HGL. This is a slightly sweetened English uh, style tobacco. It's got this kind of sweet and smoky uh, characteristic uh, to it as well. So um, things like that are, are fun to, to mix it up with and, uh, and will give you an opportunity to appreciate something different. Um, other things you can try, uh, you know, is if you're a you know English blend or Virginia smoker or an aromatic smoker for that matter, um, and you know you're still finding yourself kind of wanting, um, try a variety of flake tobaccos. Try some uh, luxury bullseye flake or some uh, you know some Orlick Golden sliced or uh, the Newminster Superior slices or something that uh, kind of has uh, uh, you know a little more um, tactile. Uh, you know, it, it requires a little more preparation and, and, and things of that nature to get involved. I think maybe that'll introduce an element to it that's interesting and uh, and helps you kind of get back into the, the rhythm of it. Um, if you're a flake smoker already, uh, instead of, you know, just tearing your flake apart, try the fold and stuff method. Try to uh, fold the flake tobacco together, poke it in your pipe, and, and kindle the fire from that way, uh, that coveted way of, of being able to, uh, to light your pipe that I've never fully mastered so (laughs) try something like that um and if you're a non-aromatic smoker exclusively um try something something i'll just throw out there as an as an option for you try a tobacco that you know you like or have liked in the past but blend it with just a little bit of black cavendish uh particularly something that's got a nice sweetness to it like you know maybe a lane vanilla black cavendish or bca um you can buy other uh you know un unsweetened black cavendish uh products out there i know cornell Cornell Deal has one that's available uh, on the market, and so um, you know, try to try to mix some of these things together. See if uh, creating your own little blend uh, to to just give it a little uh, bit of difference that you can't find elsewhere on the market. Uh, see if that makes it interesting enough for you. And and you never know, you might come up with your own recipe uh, that really uh, makes it hit. You know, that's uh, always a lot of fun is to have this this thing that you created uh, in your pipe pouch. Anyway, just some options on uh, making your pipe. Uh, a little more interesting if you've gotten bored with the pipe smoking experience and um, you know want to mix it up a little bit to kind of rekindle that that uh, that passion for it or that affection for it. Uh, just some just some thoughts from the tobacconist. All right, well done, man. I think that's uh, really good. Now let me let me ask you this though. I want to kind of pitch a scenario to you and uh, see if you can you can help uh, help this particular pipe smoker out. This is somebody who's come to you with this exact problem. They're bored with their pipes and they even say like, look, John David, I hear what you're saying. I've, I've done this. I've, I've gone through the soiree of all the various pipe tobaccos that are out there. For some reason, soiree is my word today. I don't know why. Hey, apparently it is. Yeah. <laughs> I think you've misused it at least three times. But that, anyway, that, go ahead. That seems, that, that's on brand for the show. Uh, so, you know, I've, I've, I've gone, I've had every single pipe tobacco ever invented, including some that aren't even on the market yet. Don't ask me how. You say try different pipe shapes. Man, I have got, you open up the cabinet and you see all of the various pipe shapes and styles. I have smoked here, there, everywhere. Uh, the, the hot tub time machine, all of it. I have, I have, doesn't matter where. <laughs> I have gone and I have smoked these pipes. And you look across their, their, their vast soiree of pipes <laughs> and you notice something. You notice they're sitting there with these amazing, beautiful, wonderful pipes of various shapes and sizes, but all made of briar. Or perhaps 
of olive wood or perhaps of some kind of wood, but only from wood and from no other more edible substance. How then, John David, would you encourage this particular pipe smoker to try something new that clearly they have not done yet? Where, where would you send them? I would send them uh, to go visit uh, our friends at their website uh, <laughs> from Missouri Meersham. You can go to corncobpipe.com, uh, of course, and view uh, just all the wonderful uh, pipes that are made by our friends at Missouri Meersham there in Washington, Missouri. Um, one thing we've talked about today, uh, you know, uh, something about a different pipe shape, how it fits in your hand and how it feels, kind of the uh, tactile, uh, you know, nature of it, uh, you know, the, you know, it just... It, if it fits uh, your uh, pipe smoking stance or something like that, it can be kind of interesting to throw that little curveball in there. Um, and one of the shapes that Missouri Meerschaum produces uh, to me that's always been interesting, it's it's a newer pipe shape of theirs. It's the Bell Star corncob pipe. Uh, it was inspired by the shape of a horse's hoof and features a wide nickel band. Uh, comfortable in the hand, the Bell Star has its own unique label and is branded on the side of the bowl with the Outlaw Series Bandit. Crow Valley Pipe Company and Missouri Meerschaum collaborated on the Outlaw series and have come up with this really cool uh, line of pipes. And this one is a, a nose warmer. It's a pipe that you're going to find really uh, easy to tuck away in your pocket or put in the console of your car uh, and, you know, maybe smoke on those uh, quick occasions when you need to. But it also, because it has this little, uh, you know, stovepipe type of uh, cap at the very top of the pipe, it's going to give you something just different and interesting uh, to put in your hand while you're smoking. So, and of course, as you mentioned before, Bo, it is uh, it is the one pipe that comes from an edible substance that uh, we all know and love, and it's that corncob pipe that uh, that the folks at Missouri Meerschaum really major in. So um, so check out the Bell Star corncob pipe. You can get it from the source at corncobpipe.com. Uh, retails for only sixteen ninety nine, a very handsome pipe, and uh, be sure to check it out on their website. Absolutely. And hey, uh, if you happen to have one, be sure that you are smoking it this week. When you do, take a picture, uh, tweet it out to us. We'd love to retweet it out to let the good folks at Missouri Mersham know we appreciate them for sponsoring this show. Pipe Pipe question of the week. Question of the week coming in from Fred in Florida. I can't roll my R's. From Fred, Fred in Florida. In Florida. <laughs> uh, I recently had some coffee that listed, among other things, notes of pipe tobacco in its flavor profile. I was excited to try it, but to me, all coffee just tastes like coffee, unless you put some kind of sweet cream in it. Anyway, it got me thinking, what other not tobacco things are you aware of that try to create, quote, notes of pipe tobacco? Wine? Whiskey? Candles? Just a random thought. Hope, <laughs> hope you both are doing well. And again, that's from Fred in Florida. Yeah, you know, I think you, you know, named kind of all the obvious uh, culprits here. We do this, we hear of this a lot. Folks, uh, you know, when they think of pipe smoking, they think of that sweet room note, your grandfather's warm, uh, you know, library or something like that with that nice cherry or vanilla note to it. And so, uh, you know, folks have infused a lot of this or, or you know, their interpretation of it into a lot of different things. Um I was actually gifted recently uh, some uh, some coffee, you know, uh, by a friend, and on the bag was that same kind of tasting note, hints of pipe tobacco, and I I, I kind of chuckled to myself. I was like, I wonder if you know whoever roasted this uh, tobacco or this uh, this this coffee has ever actually smoked a pipe, <laughs> but um, you know, it's 
It's one of those things, yeah. But, you know, you understand and appreciate kind of what they're going for. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, different whiskeys can have that. Candles have been very popular in the past 15 years. Uh, gosh, you go to somewhere like even TJ Maxx or something, you're going to find a, a pipe, smo- a pipe uh, you know, scented candle kind of thing. Uh, another thing we actually sell here at the store, you can buy on our website, as a matter of fact, is pipe-scented beard oil. Uh, there's there's one called Gentleman's Pipe that kind of takes that sweet, uh, you know, smoky aroma and, you know, you're infusing it into your beard and, you know, kind of smelling it all day. So, um, yeah, you know, it, is it uh, can it be actually a nice homage to the pipe and something that is, uh, um, you know, either tasty or, or does remind you of your pipe smoking uh, journey and, and enjoyment? Yeah, it can do that, but it can also be kind of, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just kind of something to, um, you know, throw in a mix and be a good description um, as well. You read, you know, half the stuff on the back of the wine bottle and you're like, did they really taste like, you know, <laughs> do they really taste like, you know, you know, horse manure or whatever it is. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, so th- those are the kind of things um, that you, you kind of uh, can be, uh, I-, I don't know, a little skeptical of. But but I, I do like the fact that folks have uh, kind of thrown a bone to the pipe smoking uh, sensation when they've made things like candles and uh, and wine. And, um, and, you know, I think that's good for our, for our hobby. There was one event several years back at the Country Squire where – uh, a, a, a local popsicle maker made a, an exclusive pipe tobacco flavored popsicle. Okay. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. That was the, I, okay. So don't if, try if it at you, home. Don't I try like- <laughs> it at home. We in no way recommend that you do this, but right. I, I did at one point in my career, give a friend of mine that also makes popsicles or made popsicles at the time. Uh, professionally, if you can, you can actually be a professional popsicle maker in today's uh, today's brave new world. But um, well, in took, the pre-brave new world, the, the brave pre-world, the, <laughs> in the brave the world former, pre-COVID, the former brave new world. Yeah, right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but he took a uh, he took a half pound of burley and made a really delicious simple syrup out of it, uh, and then put this infused some popsicles with it, kind of this uh, you know creamy uh, you know flavor to it. I, I think it. Uh, it had some, I can't remember, some type of sweet cream. Uh, and he called it a tobacco cream popsicle. And he uh, only gave it out to a few friends because when you, he couldn't sell it. When you ate this popsicle, you know, you, you literally couldn't feel your face. Like it, <laughs> it was, <laughs> you know, the extremities of my, uh, you know, hands and feet started tingling. You know, it was that powerful. But, uh, but man, was it good. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I do remember that. That was, uh, that was an experience. Don't, don't try this at home. <laughs> don't yeah. try it at home. <laughs> well, great question, Fred. And hey, if you've got a pipe question for us, uh, send that into the show. That is show at countrysquireradio.com. Again, that's show at countrysquireradio.com. Quick fire with the squire. Quick fire questions. Ow! All right, man. Quick fire questions coming in from Pastor Joda, the, the Jedi master of quick fire questions. Because yes. Joda is always sending in the goods. We're so thankful. Yes. Absolutely. This is the solo edition, um, okay. which I guess, uh, well, you're about to find out what that means. Okay. Uh, All right. First up, drum solo or guitar solo? Uh, guitar solo. Yeah. I mean, guitar solo sounds better, but I always like appreciate the drum solo because that's like the moment the drummist, the drummer, the drummer gets to shine and it, it always, <laughs> he or she always gets into it. And it's just like, yeah. 
let's get another instrument now. Um, <laughs> all right, solo hike on the Appalachian Trail or solo row across the Atlantic? Wow. Uh, hike on the Appalachian Trail? I do not want to be alone in any way, shape, or form in the middle of the Atlantic. Yep, yep, 100%. Um, yeah. Sing a solo or so low they can't hear you? Uh so low they can't hear me. I think that would probably be preferable if you've uh, stood next to me while I'm singing. That's pretty good. I, I I love singing, and I don't have a terrible voice, but I don't get that many opportunities to sing. So, um, yeah, I, I would love the opportunity to sing a solo. Uh, Han Solo or Princess Leia Organa Solo? Uh, gosh, I, I don't know. I mean, um, we'll, we'll go with uh, Princess Leia Organa Solo. How yeah, I mean, how are you not going to do that? Absolutely. Yeah. Princess Leia well, all the way. Han so- no, Han's matters. cool. Han's cool. That's yeah, great, but it's yeah. Princess Leia. That's yeah. exactly right. Okay. Uh, and then fi- finally, a sultry sax solo or rocking flute solo? <laughs> ya- yas flute? Yes, uh, I, I'm going to go with the, the sultry saxophone solo. Uh, to me, that sounds a little more exciting. All the way, all the way. Saxophone. <laughs> what sax are you listening to? <laughs> it's George Michael. Anyway. Uh, all right. So there you go. Quick fire questions right there for you from uh, the Pastor Joda, the Jedi master of quick fire questions. In fact, he's got a couple more additions for us in the coming episodes I'm looking forward to. Uh, but hey, if you too have some quick fire questions for us, send it into the show. Show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Again, that's show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Your thoughts, your comments. Listener feedback. Listener feedback. Hmm. Jim, uh, all right, so this is awful because Jim has like, I know like every single time I see Jim's name, it kind of freaks me out a little bit because Jim like intentionally gave us a enunciation guide for the first couple of emails he ever sent in. And now I can't remember what it is. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Jim Clough. All right. I mean, I thought so too. I wanted to say Clough, but Clough, yes, Jim, I'm sorry, buddy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but that's Jim, how you, you, that's how you know you made it. Is, is, is the mispronunciation yeah, of your is name. Is that we mess up your name, right? Exactly. You're part of the fam. That's right. It'd be, it'd be offensive if I, if I said it correctly. Uh, Jim uh, writes and he says, on your recent aromatic show, I have smoked enough years to be all over the map, aromatic to English and uh, to Virginia's to hybrids. I recommend as a great aromatic, the Country Squire's Blue Ribbon. Yes. Uh, and for the Cherry Hating Bow, uh, Country Squire Blend Trumpeter. Wow. Also, uh, Ken Byron's dark, fl- dark Fired Cherry. I was also glad to hear the news about the Seattle Pipe Club hooking up with Sutliff. Uh, I'm a long-distance member of the club, so this is good news. Also a fan of Sutliff, who hosted a wonderful pipe show in Richmond last fall. Hopefully when the world gets back to normal, it can happen again in 2021. Finally, guys, someone needs to update the website, and yes, I, I know, buddy. <laughs> that's, that is, <laughs> that's on me, Jim. I'm sorry, buddy. We're, great we're feedback otherwise. Yeah, no, we're on it. We're on it. We're definitely on it. <laughs> a- absolutely great feedback. Man, Jim, great feedback. Thank you so much for recommending those. And yeah, he mentions uh, Ken Byron's Dark Fire Cherry, uh, Ken Byron Ventures. Uh, this is a, um, a, I mean, a, a small batch, very creative tobacconist. He's got some awesome, um, you know, products. He was actually our uh, boutique uh, tobacconist uh, blender of the year last year on our, our best of show. Uh, highly recommend basically everything that he creates. And so uh, check that out. He's got a really good uh, uh, Instagram page that you can find. Uh, all his uh, all his information on as well. So Ken Byron uh, Ventures and his Dark Fire Cherry, uh, awesome awesome tobacco. 
All right, man. And next up, we got an email in from our boy Eric up in Grand Rapids. What did, uh, what did Eric have to say, man? Man, I, I love this. Yeah, I, I really appreciate this from Eric. Uh, Eric, John, he says, John, David, and Bo, when I saw the title of the new episode, In Defense of Aromatics, I was immediately worried about the episode's content, as you should be, Eric, with all our episodes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> lately, I've been writing some short essays I call Unpopular Tobacco Options for a Pipe Magazine. Uh, in one of them, I dig at the tobacco industry for not being transparent about what is added to pipe tobaccos and specifically to aromatics. Uh, on the forums, I constantly hear phrases like, uh, quote, all natural or, quote, nothing added, uh, quote, 100% pure tobacco, uh, no casings, no toppings, on and on. Uh, he says, I'm glad you had the courage to spill the beans about the additives being used almost on almost every tobacco in production throughout the world. Uh, no tobacco is left unscathed from a multiplicity of processes and additives. Uh, this is not something that interest industry or consumers should be afraid of. We should uh, just be brought into the light. I wish the tobacco manufacturers would include an ingredient list on their bulks and tins uh, so people would know what's being added. I also know uh, this probably won't happen in the near future because of the pressure from the cigar industry. Uh, good aromatics are not something people should stay away from, and both of you nailed this on the podcast. Uh, as a blender, uh, I would say that a good aromatic is much harder to make than a good English-style blend, I would agree, Eric, uh, because the tobacco and the toppings uh, have to mix harmoniously. Uh, this is not an easy task. Anyways, thanks to you both for the calculated and passionate discourse on such a quote goopy subject and that's <laughs> that's from our friend eric karloski up in michigan eric a uh, longtime friend and uh listener of the show and uh just just a true uh gentleman and uh and tobacconist and uh man love love hearing from eric so thanks for the encouragement man can i just say that calculated and passionate discourse should be the new subtitle for the show no, i don't know if it, there's anything about this show that's calculated uh, what are you talking about <laughs> oh, pa passionate for sure, but you know, I, I don't know. It's calculated. Yeah. We did the math. It might, you know, we may have done it wrong, but that doesn't mean we didn't do the math. <laughs> we did some calculating. Is exactly. That There's always calculations. <laughs> it might enough. be miscalculations, but miscalculations are still calculations. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I think it's great. Uh, and Eric, man, I, I hope to see you soon, man. Um, it has been far too long, and uh, yeah. Yeah. Hope hope you're doing well, and, and I hope that uh, I get a chance to, to head up to Grand Rapids sometime. Uh, in the coming year, which was my hope for this year. But you know what? I'm not going to, I don't want to say that to end this on like a, of a depressing note because yeah, it's the end of the world, you know, we're, we're, <laughs> everything's different now. So and I feel up, fine. You'll get up there when you can. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and, and you feel fine. Right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway. All right. This was a good one, man. This is uh, the, uh, the uh, an episode that I think was, uh, was right on time and I, I really enjoyed it. I thought that your advice was really good. And, um, yeah, you, you were a pretty decent little uh, counselor, even though everyone knows that you have a deeper relationship with the pipe. And so you're always going to advocate for the pipe and, and, and point out that it's really not the pipe's fault. Uh, it's, it's the pipe smokers fault. And the, you're comparing me to the marriage therapist that like takes a side. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, exactly. Like, like, yeah, like I'm, I'm, an, this I'm is a, why, this know. is why you dropped out. This is <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I was constantly taking the wife's side and marriage <laughs> th therapy or the husband's side and marriage therapy. And so oh, yeah, I, I'm going to be that way with the pipe. It's, it's, you know, in the end, it's not the pipe's fault. It's your fault. So right. just, just stop it. <laughs> that, now that's our new There's nothing wrong right with there. the pipe. You, you're the one that needs work. <laughs> right. so, so let's, let's, if you can admit that admit your failure uh then we can move on from there wonderful <laughs> all right man and on that note hey let's go have a day
See you, brother.